You are listening to the Converge Media Network, uplifting our voices. Loyalty's my favorite characteristic of God, but finding it in it is hard. It's like trying to find God. You're the only one in your camp with cheese. You pay for everything they eat. Man, that insecurity is deep. Now I ain't said no names. These are just theories if you hear me, baby. It's home. You must admit it's kind of eerie, baby. Like them chemtrails in the sky. Welcome, welcome, everyone. Grand Rising. Welcome to the day with Trey. I am your host, Trey Holiday. I want to welcome you to another amazing episode in the iconic Sankofa Theater for Converge Media's Black History Takeover right here. This whole week, y'all have been seeing me already doing episodes uh, right here in this space, and it's been so great to feel the energy that this space already holds, but I'm so elated because today I get to do a deep dive with my girl, Basa Gordon. That's right. Finally, I get the chance to have Basa sit on my couch and we can talk all about her amazing journey into radio, all the things that she is doing as an amazing host of events, curating events, speaking to folks all over the place. I'm so excited to tap in with her. Uh, So I get to do all of that in this episode today. But of course, it's the top of the show. So it's a great time to tag and share the stream. That's right, y'all. Go ahead and tag and share the stream with folks you feel could benefit from a daily dose of dopeness right here on The Day with Trey. If you can't watch us, don't worry, we got you covered. You can listen to us anywhere you find your favorite podcast. Just search Converge Media Network and The Day with Trey. Y'all find me on Google, Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud, Apple Music, whichever one is your favorite, you name it. Search for us. Y'all will find us there. Uh, shout out to our entire podcast team for making that happen and making sure we sound good <laughs> on the podcast platform. Appreciate it so much. But I'm also excited because we've been sharing some segments here of how Converge has been on the scene. Amazing things going on in our community. And my girl Basa was in this one right here as we look at how Chef Trey Lamont brought it from field to table. Check it out. Thank you guys, um, everybody that showed up today. This is Caribbean food. Um, I put a little fusion twist to it um, today for today's menu. Please, please, everybody make sure that you're communicating with each other and with with, with the expediters on, you know, hey, I got 10 more or whatever, stuff like that, because I try to make sure that our numbers are right, right? Thank you guys, and let's have a great service. It's it's an event for the town. Yeah. Like, this represents Seattle. This started here in Seattle. Now they're taking it to other cities as well, and other stadiums, and I gotta represent for my city. I gotta put on for my city. Food is culture. And as you know, we create the culture. So when we when we cook, you know, they gonna show. Main entree, the oxtail ragu, because people show up to the restaurant, always ask for oxtail, and we only put it on as a special. Mm-hmm. And I made sure that we had it for this event because, you know, it's Super Bowl Sunday. Yeah. People are coming to eat dinner with me instead of staying at home and watching the Super Bowl. So, I mean, I wanted to make sure that we did something special for them. Thank you, guys. 
Thank you guys for coming and sharing your time with us, especially on Super Bowl weekend. Our restaurant's downtown. We're the only 100% black-owned restaurant in downtown Seattle. We have been since 2017, and we have a second location opening up right on 23rd and Union, between 23rd and 24th and Union. And, you know, we're right around the corner. You know, we're ready for you, so come check us out. It means a lot to me. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm very excited to open up uh, a jerk shot kitchen in the Central District because I'm from the CD. Born and raised on 32nd and Cherry. And see, you know, there we go. The Midtown Square is going to be that spot. Many, many thanks, Chef Trey. Welcome back, and we'll see you next time. Yeah. Here at the other table. Thank sure. you, guys. Right on, Chef Trey Lamont. And, you know, kudos to my girl, Besa, who was there as well. This is such an amazing event that is going on right now uh, that, that happened earlier. But it's one of those things where it's like you see Seattle leading. And I'm hearing that now they're taking Phil to table to other cities. It's beautiful to hear that uh, from him. So I'm so glad to know that, you know, Chef Trey Lamont was able to make uh, make waves in that. That space. We've been following him and his story since he opened up Jerk Shack. Now we know Jerk Shack 2.0 is coming to the CD. We're so excited for that grand opening as well. But it's great to have opportunities where our chefs and our brilliance in culinary world can actually experience other spaces because that brings new customers to their table, literally, and also allows people to now tap in to the brick and mortar spaces that we need y'all to be patrons at. So, you know, especially when you have a business that's opening up another location, we think about the fact that lots of locations have closed um, in recent years. And particularly when everybody was stuck inside, you know, during the, the height of COVID, the beginnings of COVID, as we all had to make those adjustments. So I love seeing events like this, where we can bring our people, you know, into these other spaces. And also, you know, it's like what they do with restaurant week. It's just so special and important that we have opportunities to bring people in and to also highlight and elevate those who are doing great culinary works in the world of food. So I love it. Shout out to you, Chef Trey Lamont. I heard you had vegan oxtails there and I promise if I would have known that, I would have been on deck. But uh, I always think about, man, are they going to have vegan options? A lot of places uh, sometimes don't. And so I've really grown accustomed to like kind of changing, uh, you know, the way that I go out and try to tap in with some of these spots. So I loved hearing that. I'm going to have to come and see if you're still going to maybe prepare me some special ones because I need that in my life. <laughs> but uh, after this short break, I get to check in with my girl, Basa. We get to hear her story because Basa has been on this journey for a long time and she is all over the place uh, doing so many great things. And so I'm so glad that she's joining me right after this short break, y'all. Stay tuned. You're watching The Day with Trey. COVID-19 hurt my income, my health, and my family. We were about to lose our home when we heard we might be eligible for homeowner assistance funds from the government. We called 1-877-894-HOME, and a housing counselor stepped in, talked to our lender, and saved our home. 
Federal funding details at WashingtonHalf.org. That's WashingtonHAF.org. This winter, Seattle Opera presents the world premiere of A Thousand Splendid Sons. Based on the best-selling novel by Khalid Bosaini, this new opera tells the breathtaking story of two Afghan women brought together under the brutal Taliban rule. There has never been a more important time for this story to be on stage. Make this world premiere part of your plans today. Don't miss A Thousand Splendid Sons, February 25th through March 11th at McCall Hall. Details at seattleopera.org. What's up, everybody? You know, me and Besa, my girl, we had to pull up to Market Street Shoes once again, y'all. And you know, we do this every season. We have to get the new shoes, the new boots. And this time, I even got a coat. Yeah, no, you did walk in without a coat. I really I'm did. glad you found one. But their <laughs> boots were on point. Yes, the boots. The bags. I even grabbed a flannel. Yeah, you did. You know, and I was able to get some hats and everything. I was really impressed. And you know, I was impressed because, of course, I got those white boots that you guys see me wearing everywhere these days. Yeah, no, I, I look at your white boots and I'm like, darn it, they only have one pair. Me and Basie wear the same size. Of course, every time we walk out with several bags in hand. Several bags and sometimes even a backpack, you guys. Make sure you check out Market Street Shoes. Yeah, please check them out. Where they go, Basa? Ooh, 2232 Northwest Market Street, Seattle, Washington. Welcome back, everybody, to The Day with Trey. I'm your host, Trey Holiday, And joining me right now on this wonderful Wednesday is Miss Besa Gordon. What's up, Besa? Hey, how you doing? Hope you're doing mighty fine. Uh, <laughs> well, you're looking beautiful. I'm doing amazing. And honestly, this has just been a long time coming. You know, we do a lot of work together, yeah. it, you know, at Converge and in the community. We host things together sometimes. We, we come across each other in so many different ways. And I, it's been such a joy in my life to grow with you in our sisterhood, uh, honestly. But I wanted to talk about your beginnings because I remember having conversations (laughs) with you and like, that is, it's like people don't understand the grind that you have really taken to get to where you are today. Let's talk about those beginnings, Besa. Where do we start, Trey? I know. I know. know. It's like, you know, at some point you decided you were going to be a part of promotion teams. And I know you were at C-Spot. So I don't know what was before that. But C-Spot was first. Yes. So I started at C-Spot when I was 19. And I actually saw Kun last night at the Three of the Eyes of the Art event over at Mopop. And I was like, do you remember when I had just turned 21 and it was like a month later and then Joe Jesse was there and it was, I think it was a little bit after Kun had got his big red drink from Ciroc and Joe was like, nay, because that's what they called me back then. He was like, nay, you want a drink? And then Kun was like, wait a minute, are you 21 yet? (laughs) Because back then I would go out to different events, but I could only go to like volume and stuff like that because I was only 19 when I first, first started for like a little bit. I I was at the 18 and over events trying to do stuff. But that's, aside from that, like I I did start a blog in like 2008, but that's really where I got my start and like my footing of moving through the city and getting to know people like the different artists and the different promoters and the different venue owners, because Kun would be like, just send them an email, tell them that, you know, you're part of C-Spot and that I said it was cool and they'll take care of you. And that's, that's really how I got started because when Kun pretty much says... (laughs) just go like he really does just kick you out the door and you figure it out (laughs) like he would be like hey I got an interview I need you to do it and it would be like within two or three hours and I would be at home just chilling I didn't have to get up get dressed do some research 
get my questions together and get there within two and a half to three hours. Wow. I mean, you know, this, this is as a young person, you know, getting kind of thrown into this industry in that way, it really teaches you some things because you got to figure out how, where, where your footing is, how you kind of fit in this larger scheme of things. And at that point, you're just like in the mix, you know, just trying to do what you're there to do. I just got here. Yeah. Right. Right. You're just trying to do what you're there to do. But then at some point too, you, you start really kind of doing your, you. Yeah. And I want to hear about that transition too, because you go from, you know, promotion teams and getting thrown into these interviews to, to then you realizing, wait a minute, like I'm, I'm really enjoying this. I'm going to take this to another level. Tell us about that transition. Yeah. So, you know, basically I, I was in like a literal, like a physically and mentally abusive relationship. And so I was in Florida and I came back. I called my cousin. I was like, girl, I ain't got no money. Can you please fly me back? This dude just got locked up. Get me out of here. So she bought me a ticket, flew me back. And I came back to stay with my aunt and I didn't have no money. I didn't have no job. Like it was a new start. So mm -hmm. I had to figure out what I was going to do. And when I had first started blogging in 2008, I wanted to work at Cube. I didn't know what I wanted to do. Didn't know how it was going to happen, but I wanted to work at Cube. So I did what I always tell people to do, which to me is common sense. I'm on the website. Look, scroll to the bottom. Jobs applied. Got on the street team, as you were mentioning. You know, my first shift was at, you know, uh, the, the Cube 933 Haunted House with Eric Powers. Post Malone was there that day. And Post Malone didn't even have any tattoos on his face at that time. Okay, not a sick. He was clean faced long-haired posty wasn't rolling around the stage at that time okay right. <laughs> he was still normal back then all right and you know over time cube came it went it came it went so within that time i honestly didn't have i wasn't able to learn anything radio wise you know i might kind of like watch people a little bit but you know super was still doing like middays or something like that tiffany warner was still there um, Eric Powers was still there. Sir Mixaglot was still there. You know, a matter of fact, Supa was still doing mornings at that time on Cube. So it's like there was no space for me or anyone to even teach me because no offense to them, but everyone that had been there had been there for so long that they were just like in their groups. Like you come into work, you leave, you come into work, you leave. So once Cube was pulled and then it came back as what was it, like one oh something seven or whatever have you mm -hmm. then it was pulled again yeah. <laughs> and then at that point i was like well i don't know what i'm going to do like i was trying to find jobs you know over at intercom i was trying to like move out of state you know trying to like move up within iheart and go into like a different city just to training or something because my whole thing was if i can get in the door I can figure it out. But although I was in the door, what I wanted wasn't even available. Yeah. So that really prolonged my process. However, once Cube came back, I wasn't playing around. So in a nutshell, once Cube came back, um, Eric Rosado, who was the program director, um, I think it was like a couple weeks after it was announced, I like went on Instagram, found him and figured out what his time slot was. And then there's like a light that pops up and it'll say live if they're like on air or if they at least have their mic on. Waited till his mic turned off and I just knocked on the window and he told me to come in and I was like, look, I'm not even going to waste your time. My name's Basil Gordon. I'm on the promotions team. I work in the office. I have my own desk, but I do digital. And I just want to know what do I got to do to get on cue? So he started training me on how to set the music. So that way, when you're listening to the radio, every once in a while, you might hear like music kind of crash together. That means someone didn't seg the logs. <laughs> like you actually have to go in there and do something. So that way the, the station actually plays smoothly. So he started teaching me to do that. Like that's something that you actually have to do in programming, but nobody wants to do it. It's a very, very tedious thing. 
And then once I think like maybe a week or so after that, he was like, hey, send me an air check freak is a damn air check so then i had to go find someone else to show me how to even work the studios to record so once i started getting those in it was a couple months later i got my first shift of being overnights and i've been on air since 2018 wow that was like about a let's see from august to october it was my training process wow see but it was because you bet on yourself no period right? like that's really what it is and i you know the reason why i really want to dive into your story is because people see you now and you're on multiple stations you are sought after you have an amazing following you do all these tiktoks like people see your your persona out here and think oh my god like how you know i i could never right and what is something you want to tell people that may see themselves in that regard? Because this was really a dedication to you betting on you. Yeah, you know, I, I would tell them the same thing I've told other people that are now in radio. Get in the building. You want to work for this company? Go to the bottom of the page like I did. Scroll, click jobs, click careers. Find something that you can do to get in the building. You know, Radio Rise, I started on the in, in the mail room, carrying tents and tables and being outside when it's snowing. I did that for like a year and a half before I even got in the office. So it's like you really do have to, it, it's really about who you know and the opportunities that you create for yourself. Because there was a lot of people that were within the station that wanted to be on Cube. And no tea, no shade. Some of them were salty once I got on. But the same things that I started doing, they weren't willing to do. Oh, I don't want to bother them. Oh, I don't. That's fine. I will bother them because otherwise, how else are they going to know that I'm even interested? The thing with iHeart, and I can't say this about other companies, but iHeart likes to promote from within. So for them to know that I started as a promotions assistant to where now, you know, I'm on, on all these stations and I'm working on getting into programming. They like that. You know what I mean? There's a different kind of loyalty. And it's a I understand this girl's work ethic and I know what she will do. She will bet on herself. The problem is, I think it's kind of like you were saying, a lot of people don't realize I really did start my first blog, Nebesa.com, in 2008 and moved from there you know once i got on air there were people that already knew who i was which is why i was able to start my mixers not too long after being on air but that's because i would go to different events i would go to numos i'd go to barboza i'd go to the crocodile i'd go to all the events that had the local artists that were popping and then once i got off stage i would just walk up to the artists and talk to them you know like a lot of people are lazy and they're just waiting for that viral moment and they're not trying to build that groundwork where it's like, oh, I want everyone to look at me. But it's like, well, once we look at you, are we going to find anything? Yeah. Yeah. That's so key. Uh, I, I've, I've said the same thing here on this platform that, you know, this is, you know. I knew young at a young age, okay, I want to do TV. I want to do uh, film. I want to do video. I want to do theater. I got something within me when I saw Lisa Loud, Felicia V. Loud in Roll of Thunder, Hear My Cry in the fifth grade. And I heard an ad when I was nine. So that was like uh, a couple years before fifth grade where I was like, I want to do that. I want to get the training from the ad. A couple years later, I see her on the, th on the stage in theater and I'm like, oh my God. She's singing. She's acting. She's the, one of the lead roles in this amazing play. And I just saw myself in her. Right. And I knew young, but it was mm -hmm. like this constant dedication. I was just explaining that to my son, that when you kind of 
find something and you kind of stick with it like you did, Besa. You really begin to see the fruits of that labor. And it's been so beautiful to watch you blossom and flourish in all of this amazingness that is you. Uh, and I, and I'm at your mixers and people are just like, Oh my God. Oh my God. You work with base Gord. It's so cute. Cause I'm like, <laughs> yeah, base is my girl. That's my sis, you know? Right. Uh, but it's so great to actually hear that kind of feedback. How does it resonate with you as you know, people have now tapped into you. Social media begins to be that space where people get to love on you like that. How does that resonate with you and settle with It's you? strange. <laughs> <laughs> In the best way, I mean, it's strange. You know, I'm an only child. So it's like a lot of the people that I know out here, it's not like, oh, yeah, my older brothers, sisters, and, and it's just me. Yeah. So it's like a lot of people know me because I was at Safe Spot and I was coming out and I was going to these different events and I was putting myself in these rooms. Otherwise, I didn't know anybody. You know, I didn't go to Garfield. I went to Cleveland. So like my Cleveland people know me. But outside of that, it's like it's, it's just a, it was a different world for me growing up. So when I'm in these rooms where even at like Mopop, there was a, a girl that came up to me and was like, oh, my God, like I moved here some months ago and I didn't know where all the black people were. I didn't know what to do. And I was telling my friends that I hate it. And she goes, you were the first local person that I found on TikTok. And I've been going to all your restaurant recommendations. I've been going to all your events. And, you know, I tell my friends that you're like my friend in my head and talking to you right now. I feel like I'm watching one of your videos and I'm just like this is wild, <laughs> but in the best way possible. Yeah. Like, I don't think I necessarily saw this coming. I mean, I think you imagine something like this, but when you're in the moment of someone being like, I didn't really know if I should say hi, but I really wanted to say hi. And you know, like I'm a huge supporter of yours or it's, it's, it's a different kind of humbling to know that people care so much that they almost get nervous to even say hello. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, uh, you know, as we're out here really creating the impact, like we're, you know, doing the thing, living, living it. Um, it's a beautiful thing. And when we're in spaces like that, you know, I, I always, I'm so humbled by it. You know, like you said, I'm just humbled by it because I'm like, oh, wow. Okay. Somebody is experiencing the work that I'm doing and it is impacting. Them. And it's making, and that's how, you know, it's making a difference. You know, sometimes you really feel like you're just shooting in a black hole. You know what I mean? And it's like, sometimes I do my events you should know about. And I'm just like, and then I look at it and I'm like, wow, you know, it's like, I don't always expect that to happen. And it's like, I mean, I guess I should know by now it's like a formula, but that's just not how my brain works, you know? And so when people show that appreciation for me, it at least lets me know, okay, so I am doing something that my community actually enjoys and they feel that there's a need for. Yeah. Yeah. The, the benefit of it, it comes back, you know, all of the effort that you pour into something, you know, to be in our community and to hear that response, that's the way that it comes back. But also there's other ways it comes back. I mean, baby, you are on Jones Soda Bottle. I am. <laughs> I <laughs> should have brought one. The, the berry <laughs> Basa, right? Like, I love it. Baby. Yes. Like, <laughs> tell us how that really is settling with you because it's a whole nother way for you to be recognized for the great work you've been doing, Basa. Yeah, that one, I feel like I'm still waiting for that. To, like, it's sunk in, but it's still one of those moments where when I look at the bottle, I'm just like, wow, that's like a situation. And it's a, a photo of me at one of my mixers. So that's even crazier. So, you know, when Dre's hit me and was like, yo, I actually want you to be on this bottle. 
And, you know, they approached me to do it. And I was like, I don't want to just be the only one on the pack. I want more black people that are just doing dope things in the city to be on it for. And he was like, you know, they don't necessarily have a budget. I said, let me tell you something good, sir. <laughs> I remember being in high school looking at my Jones soda bottle. I think I was always getting the green flavor back then. Mm -hmm. And I started noticing that it was always like a different picture on it. And sometimes there would be people that we would know. And I was like, I don't know when. I don't know how. But I want one and I'm going to be on one of these bottles. And so when I was actually at Jones and I was looking at, oh, my God, I'm going to cry again. And I was looking mm. at my stickers. I was like, damn, I finally did it. Wow. <laughs> you know, like the bottle was like, OK, this is the bottle. But then when they handed me the stickers that also go with the bottle, I was like, wow. My hard work is not only paying off, but it's being noticed to the point where a company that I've known about for so many years is like, we're going to put your face on the bottle for Black History Month. It's wild. It's, it's, it's another one of those humbling moments, but another moment of, okay, everything I'm doing is what I'm supposed to be doing. This isn't the time to slow down. Yeah. It's not the time to get depressed. It's not the time to get wrapped up in anything other than my own career. Like, some people are like, Faisa, this is amazing. It is amazing. But for me, this is the beginning. Yeah. Like, this is like, okay, I've finally reached a new level. Now I have to create that next level for myself. And I can't slow down. Like, I have to keep going. Yeah. Full steam ahead. Full steam ahead, my friend. So proud of you. And congratulations. Uh, the Rewind with Besa is fire. The work you do on the radio is fire. Your mixers are fire. You are on fire literally and now you are on jones soda i yeah. love hearing that story of how you knew when you were younger you were one day going to be on there and that's the dedication that it takes and you have been tireless i know uh the uh, i know your sleep schedule it ain't right <laughs> i know you ain't sleeping enough you be working you know what i mean working <laughs> what is a so nap hard. yeah <laughs> Working so hard, but it's really paying off, Vesa. Thank you for the way you poured into me, uh, the things you've taught me, because I, I I didn't know nothing about creating no reels. Vesa was like, oh, you got to do this, you got to do that. I'm like, whoo, Lord, yeah, right? But I so appreciate your dedication out here, and I love knowing that the example you're setting, other young Black girls that look like you can see themselves now big in radio doing big and things. on top 40 on to come on like major like i don't want to jinx it but because you know i haven't done the research like that to know for it to be factual but i feel like i'm the only black woman at least within the city that's on a top 40 radio station you know hip-hop is where they typically stick us r&b is where they typically stick us they wanted me on the top 40 and it's like that's wild. But also, that's amazing for the little black girl that likes Katy Perry and Miley Cyrus and all her friends are like, you're weird. Yeah. I just like what I like. You know what I mean? It's like, you know what? Well, bass is over here. So obviously it's not that strange. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Set <laughs> the tone. <laughs> Set the tone. Uh, of course, for those who may not already be following you, I got to give you time to look right there in that Ooh. camera closest to me. How do they connect with you? How do they uh, listen to you on the radio? Give them all the deets, Besa. Oh, my goodness. So social media is mad easy for me. I did a real good job of making sure that I grabbed Besa Gordon before anybody else did. Okay. So you can go on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. TikTok, Facebook, type in Basa Gordon. I will pop right up. Um, locally, shoot, if you're in Seattle, hits 106.1, Monday through Friday, 7 p.m. to midnight. And on Sundays, 
12 to 3. If you're in Portland, you can now actually hear me in Portland from 3 to 7 on Saturdays. And then, of course, I'm also on on the weekends in Fresno, Sacramento, and Austin, Texas. Wow. And then Rewind with Besa, child, my schedule was jacked up. But the episodes come out. (laughs) (laughs) So just follow me for the next one sometime this week. If it's not already out, I haven't necessarily decided. But uh, sometime this week, I'm going to be dropping my interview with Sean Kemp. So stay tuned for that. There you go. Oh, Besa, congratulations for all the work, sis. Keep it going for all of us. Love being in connection with you. You my good sis, girl. Uh, love you (laughs) oh my goodness y'all get to wrap up this beautifulness on this wonderful wednesday right after this short break stay tuned you're watching the day with trey what up y'all t-dub here as always bringing you the news and art funding and opportunities this year's four culture project grants are live now and here's what you need to know to apply four culture project grants fund cultural activities and projects throughout king county If you are an individual or group with arts, heritage, or preservation at its core, then this funding is for you. And if you're new to the grant application process, Four Culture hosts virtual workshops and has a team of grant managers ready to assist you in the process. The deadline to apply is March 23rd. Head over to fourculture.org for more. Welcome back, everybody, to the day with Trey. I'm your host, Trey Holiday. What a wonderful Wednesday with my girl, Basa Gordon. It has been so fabulous in this, this whole week here at Sankofa Theater. This Wednesday was just a really great moment for me to just spend that time with Besa to share her amazing story. And of course, we could have talked for way longer, but it's just one of those things where I wanted to give y'all a taste of the dedication that it takes to get to the place where Besa is right now and, you know, setting her sights uh, uh, beyond on high. Uh, Let's all be there to support Besa. Make sure you follow her on all of the spaces. Uh, Follow her journey. Continue to support her and the great work that she's doing and of course I was inspired y'all know it I was inspired by her story because uh, many don't understand the sleepless nights and the tireless dedication that it takes to actually build yourself up in radio and to build yourself up in the community the way that she has so I want y'all to be inspired to of course see yourself as a part of the solution as Besa has and for me until tomorrow at 11 a.m. Converge Media produces culturally relevant content for black and urban audiences. Our coverage is raw, transparent, and objective, praised by community leaders, government officials, and residents. Support Converge Media today via Venmo, Cash App, or PayPal at Converge Media.